Hey, you guys, welcome to a D20 Academy podcast bonus episode. Today, we are going to be going through um, the most recent Unearthed, Unearthed Arcana. Yeah, we're going to be talking about the four subclasses in this new Unearthed Arcana, what they are, what their abilities are, the flavor, and whether we think they work in the game or not. Yep, it's going to be a good time. Let's get into it. Okay, so uh, just to kind of summarize this, this is the first bonus episode we've ever had on the podcast. Um, I've been wanting to do a couple different things. Yep, yeah, so we're going to start yeah. off doing a bonus episode, breaking down the recent Unearthed Arcana, the four subclasses that it includes, the flavor of them, the abilities, and how we think that they are in the game. Yeah, just, just, just our opinion on everything. Um, we want to be doing an, a review of every Unearthed Arcana that actually comes that'd out be, from now on. That'd be good. Um, but... We can't really put it into, like, a regular weekly episode and stuff, just because I don't think it really fits into that. It's not the kind of thing that the podca- podcast is, is super about. Also, they don't post them consistently. Yeah, um, yeah so we can't really build a schedule around. Yeah, the, the <laughs> Wiz of the Coast uh, just decide, like, whenever they want to bless our mortal minds with an Unearthed Arcana, they will drop it whenever they desire, mm. not to any of our wishes or qualms. Um, but yeah, so if, if you're un- sh- like, if, if you don't exactly know what we're talking about, Unearthed Arcana is... Well, why don't you describe it? You know more about it than I do. Unearthed Arcana is a semi-regular, published, kind of like test uh, material for D&D 5e. So they have a website and they release it, you know, like perhaps like once a month, might be twice a month. Who knows? They don't know. No one knows. knows. We don't know. (laughs) They'll just release some stuff. Most of the time it will be subclasses. Sometimes it's... You know, like backgrounds. Uh, sometimes they bless bless us with whole classes, like the Mystic, which is a beaut. <laughs> that's not a, say, that's not a blessing. Least. That's a curse. Uh, yeah, they'll just like add like small little things here. It's all test material. It's all like a bit like, eh, who knows if it's balanced or not? <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's like the kind of point. Yeah, yeah. And, then you, and then and then if you uh, uh, read it and then use it within a certain amount of time, then you can send your feedback feedback back to them yeah. the form. whenever they release the next Earth Arcana they always release like oh here's like a survey tell us yeah, what the last yeah, yeah. one was um, if you have listened to episode 29 mm-hmm. of the podcast um, that's a fat one it's called variants in the future of class features mm-hmm. that's about a specific pretty big Earth yeah. Arcana post um, so if you want to hear about well that one and how that kind of has kind of started to revolutionize kind of how Class features everything works and how they that can evolve in the future for fifth edition. Go ahead and check that one out. Yeah, this is definitely. just about the most recent Unearthed Arcana. We've talked enough. Let's just let's just get into get it. right into the news. <laughs> okay, Gabe. What are uh, what are the what are the four different subclasses we're looking at today? So we've got the Path of the Beast for Barbarian, Way of Mercy, which also deals damage and not isn't really mercy. <laughs> we'll get it to for the it. month. <laughs> Oath of the Watchers for the Paladin and Noble Genie, the Patron for the World. Yeah. Oh, real quick, we didn't really note this in in the intro, but this kind of Unearthed Arcana kind of review thing is a much more kind of laid back, chill, conversational. How this impacts D and D, what this kind of means, um, a lot more like loose and light and stuff. Yeah. Um, and we're probably going to be making a lot of jokes and stuff. If you're not super into, like, D&D and kind of keeping up with the classes and everything, mm. you may miss some stuff. But, uh, you know, 
Let's let's start with with this first one here. Let me open it up. Barbarian. Path of the Beast. Path of the Beast. So, with the player's handbook, we have Path of the Berserker. Berserker. Totem War. Totem War. So, real quick, let's just talk about those real quick. Let's just yeah. set set the standard for for barbarian subclasses. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a lot of bite into based on your opinion on those two subclasses. Totem Warrior, really dope. I, I, I like. I like the Totem Warrior. It gives you options, really cool flavor things. Yeah. Berserker is a w weird one for me. Uh -huh. a Berserker is kind of like the champion subclass for the fighter. Yeah. It's yeah, it's like it's just that. like it makes you more barbarian. It's like takes the barbarian things and now you're like mm -hmm. better at being a barbarian, I guess. You know when you rage every time you go into combat? Now you're even better when you rage every time you go yeah, into combat. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like it, it's fine. Yeah. I don't think any barbarian subclasses are super standout. I think Totem Warrior is actually I mean, I think it's cooler. Yeah. I don't know if it's stronger. I mean, the thing we get the extra attack. The extra attack is really good. The, the level of solid damage. Yeah, yeah. Level of exhaustion is a little rough for the extra True. attack that you get with Berserker. But Totem Warrior, choices. I love choices. Yeah, choices. Are that's what, that's why I love the, the, the Hunter subclass for the Ranger. Oh, speaking of that, the last episode uh, we did, we it just released... Um, yeah. On Tuesday is a class spot on the Ranger. That was that was a fun one. That was fun. Should go yeah. listen to that one. Yeah. So the two subclasses they have in the player's handbook, they're all right. One of them is, as I was saying, like the champion of the barbarian. The other one is giving you all sorts of different choices based on the level. Based on like animals. Yeah. And stuff. A cool animal theme. Um, yeah. No, nothing super stand out in my yeah, mind. No. Barbarian subclasses are not super crazy. So let's jump into this path of the beast and kind of what what it's all about. <laughs> No, I quite like the flavor of this one. I totally like the flavor of this so one. To start off with, like, a paragraph of flavor info. It's basically barbarians who are part of the Path of the Beast walk from this path and draw their rage from a bestial spark burning within their souls. That beast howls to be released and bursts forth in the throes of rage. Those who tread this path may be inhabited by a primal spirit or descended upon... Descended from... <laughs> or... or I randomly just get attacked by shapeshifters. Descended from... You are a percentile dice every time you take a long rest. Like, oh, yep, shapeshifters again. Path of the beast. <laughs> Will shapeshifters descend upon you? Descended from shapeshifters. You can choose your origin by... Uh, origin of your feral might or determine it randomly by ruling on the origin of the beast table. Yeah, so they got four different options. You can roll a d4, you can choose. One of them is my favorite, which is one of your parents is a lycanthrope and you've inherited some of the curse. That's cool. So, so cool. Well, Honestly, this is like, might be like my favorite part of the actual Yeah, what are the other ones there? Eh, whatever, like Fae stuff. You're descended from a legendary druid. Fae spirit has gifted you. Blah, yeah, yeah, blah, whatever. Ancient animals. Okay, lycanthrope. <laughs> Let's talk about that real quick. That's awesome. I think that's really, really cool. Yeah, uh, I think there's like variant. Is there a variant rule for lycanthropy? Like, not in any. Official. Nothing, no, yeah, nothing, nothing official. Nothing official. But I've seen several like, homebrew. Yeah, like, like if it's a curses, feat or something. Yeah, 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 feats, yeah. yeah. Lycanthropy, awesome. Mm -hmm. I made a character that was a lycanthrope, uh, but that's because it was attached to. Uh, I played Matthew Mercer's Bloodhunter class. Mm. One of the one of the subclasses he released was uh, like kind of lycanthropy esque. Um, so that's why my character was lycanthrope. Mm. They're really cool. That's like a werewolf and stuff. If you, if you don't know what that is, that's a big yeah. word. Yeah, it's like werewolf, werebears, were rats, which are my favorite. Um, descending <laughs> from a lycanthrope. That's super cool. That and is then cool. like, 
I like it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's super cool flavor. And the flavor gets better. Yeah. Okay, so getting into the abilities. At Don't go into level. like too... Yeah, I don't want to get like too yeah, detail. Yeah. If you want to read the details, you can read the details. But. Yeah. At third level, uh, when you go into rage, you can choose a part of your body and it like transforms into some sort of like animalistic weapon. You know? That's pretty dope. Yeah. For Path of the Beast thing. Yeah, that's cool. When you rage, you like actually like change into yeah. like morph into more of like a beast yeah the abilities themselves are kind of lackluster yeah so for, for one of your choices is a bite so you can either get like a snout or like great mandibles mm -hmm. which is dope the man idea of mandibles is cool basically you can make an attack with a bite okay guess we are gonna go into detail who cares uh, <laughs> well because yeah actually, we actually should these are the kinds of things that we can go into detail yeah I think, because one day piercing damage and then once on each of your turns when you hit a creature with the bite you also regain a number of hit points equal to your con modifier this is... I don't see you ever using this. No, I think there are situations... Other than it's cool different. to eat someone with mandibles. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, you know, the, in the world of infinite possibilities, this is probably something where this is really good. <laughs> On average, Some though... I, okay, here's the thing. It's, you know, it's not like a bonus action. It's your action mm -hmm. to bite it. 1d8 damage. And maybe you regain three or four hit points. Mm -hmm. one, and only, that's only for one of your attacks. But I mean, it depends on what you're using to attack normally. If you're a barbarian, you're using a d12 or 2d6 weapon. Probably. Most, Most barbarians. Yeah, yeah, like, no, like 98%. So, is the three or four hit points worth the less damage? Probably I not for barbarians. I don't think so. <laughs> but... You know, you could, once you get extra attack and stuff, switch out one of those with, like, a bite if you want to do a little yeah. less damage before the health. That's, like, fine. Um, I, okay, I think what would make this better is if every attack with the bite healed you. Or if it healed you equal to the damage you dealt, maybe that's too crazy. That would be crazy, especially... Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Okay. and stuff like that. What's the other right. options? Next one is the claw. Your hands transform to claws. The deal D6 slashing damage. And the one that makes this different from the other two options is that, like, when you make attacks only with your claws, you can make an additional attack as part of the same action. Is it worth the trade-off of only being able to attack with your claws and only being able to deal D6s? Oh, okay, wait, wait, wait. So when you take the attack action and make an attack, you can make mm -hmm. one additional attack. Okay, so that's cool. I thought you just had to take the extra attack as your bonus action. No. Okay, this is not horrible. Actually, now I'm looking at it again. Yeah. It's a lot better because you don't have to make all your attacks, all your attacks with, claws. with your claws. Yeah. So once you get your extra, extra attack, attack, you can do one attack with your normal weapon, attack with claw, and then, then two attacks. Hit. Yeah, and then two attacks for a d6. Yeah. Which, if they're against the same person, that's just like a one attack with two d6, but it's just two, two attacks, each of them are one d6. But this means you can hit multiple targets. You can yeah. target, like, one turn, right? Three different targets around you. That's that's cool. I, I, liked, I like that a lot. Um... <laughs> Yeah, this is one that I can see you actually, you know, using enough. I think uh, mostly just if you're attacking multiple creatures. Mm. Alright, the third one I think is the best. The best one, yeah. Yeah. So, it's a tail. You grow like a lashing, spiny tail, whatever you want to flavor it as, and deals D12 piercing damage on a hit, and it has the reach property, which means... <laughs> which means this is amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah. First of all, I think that's a little weird. Flavor-wise... Mandibles, biting claws is fine. Mm -hmm. Growing a full-on limb is a little weird to me. It is a bit weird. Also because, like, beast... When, I don't know. When I think of, like, a beast barbarian, I'm thinking of, like, you're, like, a bear 
or like a tiger and stuff, their tails are not cr like, you know, not a lot of things have like crazy whipping tails, like, like dragon dragon tails or I, whatever. I think it's like the initial thought, but like looking at the origins, they aren't like that. You know, the origins oh, are yeah. like a lycanthrope or a legendary druid has manifested your ability to, to partially yeah. change shape or a fey spirit. It's all a bit more, you know, mm -hmm. mystical and fantastical. It'll you know, be dope if, if you... Because, you know, dinosaurs actually count as beasts. True. If you get the uh, <laughs> the massive... What's that dinosaur with the massive ball at the end of its tail? Oh! The huge club. It's called, like, a... I'm going to say Onkeg. That's not true. No. It starts with an A, I feel like. Anyway, you get a tail, deals 1d12 piercing damage on a hit, and has the reach, reach. prop. First of all, this should deal slashing damage. That's minor. <laughs> but... Or bludgeoning damage. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> piercing is the one damage type it shouldn't be. I mean, it says spiny. Okay, whatever. Kanyo is like a jab to the tail. <laughs> Stab oh, them weird. with a tail? Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is good because it's like a normal uh, barbarian weapon, right? The, mm. Basically, if you're a barbarian, if you want to be a good barbarian, you're attacking with either a great axe or a great sword slash, uh, uh, what are they called? Um, maul. And... So, Great Axe does 1d12 damage, Great Sword or Great, uh, or Maul does 2d6 damage. Both of those are very similar. 2d6 is a tad bit better. Yeah. But, sometimes it's not, because with Barbarians, Brutal Critical, you'll be only rolling an extra d6. Yeah. They're not that different. So, but. the dinosaur that you're thinking of is an Ankylosaurus. Ankylosaurus. Kylosaurus. Kylorensaurus. Awesome. Kylorensaurus. I like um, it. But anyway, so basically, 1d12 is a good... Damage dice yes. to think about when attacking with barbarian, but now reach. It has reach. That's so good. That's Being so able good. to that's that's really good for multiple reasons. First of all, giving you like a greater effective range. You know, it's attacking like if you can't make it all the way with your normal movement and your rage increase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, attack of opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. One one thing about. Um, and then with this was like, was it Polar Master or like Sentinel or something? Uh, that's crazy. <laughs> um, one thing about Barbarians is that they need melee. Yeah. The range thing is like a javelin. Not good range, not good damage. But like, it's a thing. Hmm. Just gain, like sometimes you're just 10 feet away. Yeah. You end your movement, you're just 10 feet away. Reach is just nice. It's Reach is just always nice. Um, but basically, but I, I actually literally just thought, thought of something else. You have your hands free. Mm -hmm. So not only are you making attack like as if you were making attack with a regular heavy barbarian weapon, plus it has reach, plus you can be doing other things. Carrying an ally, holding something else, climbing. Yeah. This is good. <laughs> okay, this is not game-breaking. This is no, not crazy. No, it's not game-breaking or crazy. We're just means. saying it's the best of the three choices. Yeah, okay. Next ability... <laughs> yeah, we're, this is going to be a long this episode. Long one. This is the first ability of the first of four subclasses. Um, but yeah, this ability, sure. Fine. This flavor, cool. The ability is good and balanced and, and average. Mm. Okay, what's the next one? Bestial Soul. You get this at sixth level. Uh, basically, you can call on a feral spirit to help you adapt to your surroundings. When you finish a short or long rest, choose one of the following benefits, which will last until you finish another short or long rest. Oh, also, real quick. Any attacks with your claws, bite, or tail count as magical for the purpose of overcoming resistance mm. and immunity. So yes, you also get that are. at 6th yep. level. Yeah. Uh, so basically, you have a couple options to choose from every time you take a rest. 
like uh, gaining swimming speed equal to your walking speed, and you can breathe underwater. That's nice. Awesome. I guess. Yep. Uh, climbing speed, uh, climb down difficult surfaces, including upside, upside down, down on, on ceilings. ceilings. Without the knee, without like, needing to make an ability check. Awesome. So, Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, and the third one is when you jump, you can make a strength check, and you can jump, jump further. further. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Thoughts on this? I like it a lot. I like it. I'm not going to see it once come to play it Yeah, once again, it's balanced and average and nice. What I think makes this, this good and like actually come into use, mm. unlike most ranger abilities, is the fact that you don't... When you get six level, you don't choose one of these. Yeah. Every time you finish short long rest, you you get to choose of the three which one you which one you want. That's really awesome. Yeah. That makes this ability so much better, because if you know you're coming, you know, coming yeah. coming to you to, can to, adapt to it. Yeah, and you can just nice. keep changing that. That's that's nice. Um. Yeah. Once again, not crazy. Flavor wise and stuff, really really cool. Yeah. All right. Walking on ceilings is awesome. infectious fury, or as I like to call it. Magical rabies. Magical rabies. Yep. <laughs> it's basically when you're raging, uh, the spirit inside of you, uh, you can like curse the target with rabid fury. Uh, they have to succeed on the wisdom saving throw or suffer one of the following effects. Either take 2d12 psychic damage, which psychic damage is good damage. Psychic damage is great really damage. Really good damage. Or they must use their reaction to make a melee attack against another creature of your choice that you can see. That is really cool. Like, if you're going for, like, a rabies feel. Love that. Uh, also, you can use this a number of times equal to your constitution modifier. Which, if you're a barbarian. Yeah, at 10th level, will be 4 or 5. Yeah. Um, okay, the DC is 8 plus your con plus mm -hmm. your proficiency bonus. So 10th level, that's going to average 17, 18 around there. Great. Yeah. Good, good, solid DC. Yep. Um, okay. I like this flavor-wise. Mm. Definitely the lycanthrope thing. Like that kind of origin. This works so well. Yeah. Because it's like a curse and like you're spreading it and stuff. I don't know if it necessarily fits the others too well. It's a, it is a little weird. The, yeah. It, like, it's kind of like rabies. It's a, li it's a little <laughs> whack. Okay. What it does... <sighs> pretty good. Limited uses... Regaining only on a long rest. That's uh, a let's. What's that? What's that sound coming from? Pretty sure it's just a car. No, there's like a. Okay, maybe I'm just going insane. <laughs> Probably. Um. Uh, like in my mind, the two D twelve is usually the way to go. But I don't know. I, th I mean, the other also, one can keep be Keep in good. mind that you can only activate this when you hit someone with your natural weapons. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. It's it's cool. Honestly, it's fine. I feel like this is in there more for, like, the cool factor yeah. than actual... The than actual when, when, like, you hit them and then they attack their friend. Oh, That's just both. always cool. Making yeah. enemies attack each other is, like, always dope. Um, and at 10th level, I mean, the things that you're fighting, probably pretty strong melee attack so actually this can yeah. be pretty good it can be front, like good. storm giants and stuff like that's crazy yeah not out of the not walking out of the park flavor is a little weird yeah. all right final one <laughs> is my favorite call the hunt i was gonna say call of the hunt but yeah call no. the hunt also cool name <laughs> the beast grows within you so powerful that you can spread its ferocity to your allies 
When you enter your rage, you can choose a number of willing creatures that you can see within 30 feet of you, equal to your constitution modifier, minimum of one. Who's going to have a constitution <laughs> of one as they a barbarian at 14th okay. level? <laughs> it's about weird masochist is like, I want to build a barbarian that's actually just a scholar. Yeah. <laughs> okay, moving on. Until your rage ends, the chosen creatures gain the reckless attack feature and have an advantage on saving throws against being frightened. You also gain five temporary hit points for each creature that accepts the benefit. And you can use this a number of times to include your constitution modifier, regain uses on the long rest. Really cool. I like it. Awesome. This is so cool. Giving your friends reckless attack is one of the coolest things. Yeah. I love that so it's much. It's good in so many ways. Like, it's very useful. Yeah. And it's so flavorful, too. That's yeah, so it's good. so good. I, I do... I just thought of something, something crazy. Okay. So, say... I, like, you have, like, a druid or whatever mm. in the party, okay? And they, like, conjure, like, wolves. Mm-hmm. So, it's, like, call the hunt, and, like, all these wolves, and, like, you give all your the wolves, like, reckless attack and stuff. And you just have, like, all these, like, minion barbarian wolves. And, That's like, you're cool. also kind of like a wolf. Like, you can get claws and stuff. That's so cool. Um, yeah, if you can get, like, a companion wolf or whatever, that'd be so awesome. Yeah. Anyway... Great. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. Reckless attack plus advantage against being frightened is, is good. And then you get five temporary hit points for each creature that accepts this. Which, what, regular party of four people, you're getting 15. Plus, if there's allies... You can't do math. Yeah, four people, but you're one of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four other, yeah, sure. Party yep. of four, you're yep. one of them. So other three people, you get 15 <laughs> hit, temporary hit points. Maybe if you have... You know, if there is a, someone has a... Companion, Al, or whatever, or you have teammates. Yeah. Awesome. Very right, cool. 14th level. The reckless great. attack thing is just so cool to me. The fact that you can give other people reckless attack. Reckless okay, attack that's... just in general is a good ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that, that's the Barbarian subclass. Final thoughts on Path of the Beast. Uh, One, balanced. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, I honestly feel like it's not as powerful as the two third in the player's handbook. Except in the niche situations, you know, where the swimming, the climbing, the jumping comes in handy. Yeah. I, but usually at that level, the other subclasses are, don't give... They also give kind of whack stuff. Right. The 14th level ability is really good. Does it make up for the other ones? I'm not saying the other ones are bad. Okay. I'm just saying, yeah. that, like, in their player's handbook. Yeah, yeah. Infectious Fury is one I, I, I just don't know. Yeah. It's kind Time of will tell one. how good that will be. I think, um, so, Infectious Fury, I don't know how, how good that is. I think it's balanced as a subclass, though. Not, not sucky, not too powerful. Yeah. Um, and, cool flavor. Mm-hmm. Very cool flavor. Really, really, really cool flavor. Probably the number one factor of the, why you would want to play yeah. this. Um, one thing is... It is kind of similar to the totem because it's like animal based. I don't know. Yeah, but whatever. Okay. But it manifests in different ways. So, all right, I'll take the lead on this one. This is one about the monk. This is, this is. I don't like this. Okay. <laughs> I don't like the subclass. Monk like monk wave mercy. <clears throat> Monks and the wave mercy to manipulate the life force to bring aid to others in need. They're wandering physicians. Cool. However, to those beyond their help, whether ailing or evil, they bring a swift end as an act of mercy. So, euthanasia. Uh, those who follow the way of mercy might be whatever, nobody cares. Okay. They might be gentle-voiced healers, beloved by their communities, 
while others may be masked bringers of macabre mercies. Very much beef with that in the next thing it says. <laughs> the walkers of this way usually don simple robes with deep cowls, and they often conceal their faces with masks, presenting themselves as the faceless bringers of life and death. Then you can choose the mask appearance or roll on the table. It's like raven or crying visage or laughing visage or skull or butterfly. Mm. I, I abhor that. That is so cool and has nothing to do with the way of mercy. Yeah. The, the masked monk thing, like a butterfly raven mask or whatever, awesome, mm -hmm. cool. What masked bringers, faceless, what, the faceless bringers of life and death, that's not way of mercy. <laughs> In my mind, way of mercy is like a healer, someone who maybe buffs their allies, is good at healing and stuff. Yeah, it's just a little bit weird. Oh my gosh. But the, like a masked monk, oh, that's so cool. I found this... Yeah, masked monk is awesome. Entire but... subclass, this entire monk subclass, it's based around you choosing this type of mask, and based on what mask you choose, you get different like abilities, and it's all, like, fits really well with the theme of the mask that you choose. Really cool. Yeah, that's cool. So Yeah, yeah. That masked mask, mask, mask monk, awesome. Mm -hmm. For Way of Mercy... No. We have Marcy or nuns and stuff. Like, I don't know. I'm and just picturing, like, you call a doctor, he shows up with a Joker mask on. It's like, hey, yeah. I'm the monk here to heal you. <laughs> because, okay, here's the thing. We have Marcy, like, that isn't, like, lame. Like, like a, you know, peaceful monk, nun kind of character. Yeah. Monk. That's not lame. That's cool. But, oh, God. And it gets worse. Okay. Yeah. First ability you get. Proficiency in insight or medicine skill. Your choice. Cool. And proficiency in the herbalism and poisoner's kit. Okay. So remember, life and death. Yeah, this uh, <laughs> this is this is fine. It fits right into the, yeah. the flavor of my opinion. Yeah. Like, insight medicine to, like, help you heal people with mm -hmm. traumas or physical injuries, whatever. Next one, also cool. Hands of healing. So you get this also at third level. Yeah. Uh, your mystical touch can heal wounds. As an action, you can spend one key point to touch a creature and restore a number of hit points equal to your martial arts die plus your wisdom modifier. But, when you use your Flurry of Blows, you can replace one of the unarmed strikes with the use of this feature without spending its key cost. Okay. Let's jump into that bit. <laughs> cool. This is like a Way of Mercy thing. Mm -hmm. You're about to see not all things are a Way of Mercy thing. Definitely not the 6th level one, but um, this is cool. He healing Monk. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I like that like, you rule your martial arts die. Yeah. But I don't think that's too powerful. I think the only time you're using this is with Flurry of Blows. Probably, yeah. The fact that it's not an extra key cost, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Because, it, it, and also it can kind of turn in, into someone who attacks. So, you know, but instead of making three attacks in that turn, they make two mm -hmm. and then also heal themselves a bit. Yeah. That's cool because, like, you can run out and, like, heal yourself mid-battle if the cleric or whatever can't reach you. I like that. That's cool. Probably not going to use it that much to heal others. Mm-hmm. Necessarily. Depending if you have, a, like, a knows? healer. Yeah. And when your martial arts die becomes like a, at higher levels, yeah, it becomes pretty good because mm -hmm. one key point to heal like a D ten plus five or whatever, yeah. that's 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 pretty good. That's like some second win kind of stuff. So, yeah. okay, you get another thing at third <laughs> level. So that was hands of healing. This is hands of harm. Okay, so when you hit a creature with an unarmed strike, you can spend a key point to deal extra necrotic damage equal to one roll of your martial arts die. If they're incapacitated or poisoned. They instead take the crack damage equal to three rolls of your martial arts die, and you can only use this once on each of your turns. What? How is this way of mercy? 
I just think like their definition of a way of mercy is a little bit weird. No, but like at the beginning, it's so like you're a wandering physician, mm-hmm. you're a gentle healer, beloved by your community. But then like randomly, there's a little like masked assassin. Look, Wizards of the Coast. It's okay to make a subclass that doesn't it like isn't focused on dealing damage and and like being really good in combat. Like uh, that's just irritating to me. Look, if you like, no one's forcing anyone to do to be this. <laughs> like, if you're gonna be this, like, you're you want to choose to be more of a healer kind of thing mm-hmm. with other uses that that you know it, you just won't be as good as dealing damage and making attacks, and that's fine. That's what a subclass should be about. But they're just like, no, everything has to be good at dealing more damage and all that kind of stuff. Also, this ability kind of sucks. <laughs> uh, at third level, yes, it does. I keep going for an extra D4. It's just, yeah. just flurry of blood. <laughs> yeah. It's not good at the level. I think it's really good later on. Yeah. Once you have the sixth level ability, which we'll mm-hmm. jump into it in a second, but just know that yeah. it can give people, you know, uh, it can poison people, basically. Uh, oh, yeah, when it gets to high... Then you can yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's cool that when they're poisoned, you deal more damage. Once again, though. It's... Why? Not Way of Mercy. Okay, I don't even want to read this next one. I don't like it so much. Go ahead. <laughs> Noxious Aura. You get this at 6th level. Oh my gosh. As a bonus action... <laughs> bonus action. You can send <laughs> one key point to turn your key into an aura of toxic masculinity. <laughs> my asthma. Toxic, toxic my asthma. asthma, yeah. <laughs> the aura extends 5 feet from you in every direction, but not through total cover. It lasts for 1 minute until you're un- incapacitated. Blah, 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 blah. When your aura is active, ranged attacks at disadvantage against you... Any other creature that starts its turn within the aura must succeed on a constitution saving throw, become poisoned until the end of your turn. And take poison your damage. Next turn. End of your next turn, sorry. And take poison damage equal to your wisdom modifier. Maximum of zero damage. Minimum of... It's okay. It's okay, buddy. Uh, minimum of zero damage. <laughs> uh, okay. What <laughs> the hell is this ability doing in the way of mercy? It's so weird. Even for the definition of the way of mercy that they were kind mm-hmm. of saying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's still very weird. Like, someone who's like, life and death equally. Why do they have a noxious aura that they I'm can so use? confused. <laughs> I'm so confused. What does this have to do with anything flavorfully? It's like they wrote this ability for another class's, like, like druid yeah. poison thing. Like, oh, we have this extra ability. What is it doing here? Um, It's definitely not bad. No, it's not bad, especially combined with the Hands of Harm. Bonus action and one key point to do this. And it lasts for a minute. Mm. You just you always have this on. Basically, you're always going to yeah. have this on in combat. Range attacks are disadvantage against you. Great. Basically, at this point, you're never going to get hit with a range attack. Disadvantage to hit you, and then you can use your reaction to catch to you. Catch, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which is, is also, by the way, one of the best monk abilities. I love that so I love monk abilities so, so fl- much. Yeah, monk's just a great class. And the, and the constitution saving throw and stuff, poisoned... Good. It means yeah. they have disadvantage on their attacks. This is a good, good ability, but makes zero flavorful sense. Also, it works with the Hands of Harm, which yeah, when they're really poisoned. Well. Okay, imagine like high levels when you got a <clears throat> D10 martial arts die. You poison someone, crit on the attack, then you send, then you choose to do Hands of Harm. Yeah. And say an extra 3D10 to that. This Sick. is cool. Uh, powerful. Yeah. I think this class subclass is pretty powerful. Yes. Definitely. At this point, it's like getting really strong. You have all these different abilities. They're all pretty. They're all pretty strong. Mm-hmm. You can heal yourself. It's just so not in flavor, and 
I hate that so much. <sighs> okay. Look, look, the last two abilities, I think, are in flavor. Yeah, they, they are. Okay, the next one is the worst ability. Um, what? <laughs> whenever you restore hit points to a creature using your Hands of Healing ability, you can also end one disease that's afflicting it, because, you know, there's lots of diseases that people yeah, always... Yeah. People or always get diseased in D&D. Mm -hmm. Or one of... Or a condition. No. You're like, oh, a condition? Not any condition. <laughs> Only blind and deaf and paralyzed are poisoned. Lame. So lame. Blind and deaf and paralyzed and poisoned? Not stunned or frightened or charmed? True. That is just... No, no, no. This will never come into play out. Like, barely ever. Barely ever, true. If you have, like, a paladin or a cleric, like, they're doing other things. Yeah, why this. would you even waste the time to do that? Yeah. Not not good. If it, yeah, once again, if it included stunned, frightened, and charmed. Yeah. yeah. Great. Obviously, it can't include, like, incapacitated, but... Yeah. Okay. What's the last one? Hand of Mercy. This is the 17th level, which all monks get crazy 17th level abilities, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, isn't the Quivering Pawn 11th, the 11th level ability? No. Oh, okay. No, dear goodness, right, okay. no. <laughs> okay, I'll, okay, that's it. Even um, as a 17th level ability. I think the Warlock gets the Hurl Through Hell or whatever. Oh, early, yeah, Like yeah, a 13th yeah. level or something. Yeah, 13th level, I think. Yeah, Hand of Mercy. Uh, basically, as an action, you can touch a creature, spend four key points, and force them to make a constitution saving throw. Unless it succeeds... <laughs> oh, I about this one. The creature ends a state of suspended animation for, animation for a number of days equal to your monk level... Or until you end the effect. So you get this at 17th level, you can put this person under for 17 days. <laughs> <laughs> During this time, the creature is paralyzed, has immunity to all damage, and any curse, disease, or poison affecting it is suspended. The creature appears dead to all outward inspection and to spells used to determine the creature's status. You can only have one creature under this effect of the feature at any time. You know... It's an ability. It is an ability. And I think you can use this for sure. In many ways. Use it on your ally, give him immunity to all damage, just like real quick, just... Yeah. Like, four key points, your guy's immune. And then just drop it back at the start of his turn or whatever. I think that would work. Yeah. yeah so you can drop it as a free action. Yeah, so, like, that's no cool. Requires. I mean, that is four key points. By 17th level, I mean, whatever. Um, You can try and use this in a boss fight if they don't have... Legendary resistances, I've already used them. Yeah. You can, like, do it on, like, just to remove someone from a fight until later. Yeah. That's cool. I, I think that's pretty cool. It's pretty useful. I also, like, in uh, in the rare cases you would ever need to use the feign death spell, <laughs> ever need to sneak someone into a thing by yeah. making them look dead or whatever. Yeah. Also, there are some this. cool roleplay things you can yeah, do. Yeah, this. I think there are some cool ways you can cleverly use this in, in the story or mm. to, to, to solve a problem. Um... And for the fact that it lasts for 17 days, you basically can use this for every any plot or scheme you have. I think it's kind of funny that you can, like, basically put the, the big bad evil guy to sleep for, like, over two weeks and be like, okay, how do <laughs> yeah. we deal with him? It actually <laughs> is a little crazy if you think about it. Like, mm -hmm. you can do it to big baddie, mm -hmm. and you, you can, for 17 days, you can figure out what to do with him. Yeah. You can just... Providing it's, it fails. Yeah, but, like, you know, you can stuff him at the bottom of a lava pool and then end it. Yeah. And he wakes up, he's not immune to it, and he's at the bottom of a, at the volca of a volcano or whatever. Mm. You can put him in jail. It's actually kind of strong. Uh, yeah. 
It's pretty strong, I think. But I mean, let's let's compare it to Quivering Palm, which is like the gold standard of Monk's 17th level abilities. <laughs> it's just dumb, alright? I don't think that this is bad compared to Quivering Palm, which yeah. is just... Quivering Palm is crazy. Insane. I... Yeah, you should have passed yep. it. Alright. Wave the open hand, 17th level, Quivering Palm. Uh, hit a creature with an arm strike. Spend three key points. Only to start three. Impercept imperceptible vibrations, which last for a number of days, equal to your uh, monk level. <laughs> vibrations are harmless, unless you choose to do something with them. You can use your action uh, to stop them. If they're on the same plane of existence as you, use this action. The creature must make a deck. Uh, I just went through all the other ones, you know? I was like, Dex, yeah, <laughs> Constitution saving throw. If it fails, it is reduced to zero hit points. If it succeeds, it takes 10d10 necrotic damage. Uh, I don't, we don't have to get into that because that's what we're talking about uh, today. But holy crap, that ability. Yeah. Three key points, no additional action required except to end it. Of yeah, course. except to end it. What the heck <laughs> is that? <laughs> um, and then the, the oh, elemental goodness. one is, is just like so bad or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now we get to Paladins. I don't know if you guys know how much I love Paladins. Paladins are Shadow's favorite class. If you heard my, most balanced. my class spotlight on the Paladins, you know how much I love Paladins. That's the last campaign when there was two Paladins in the party. So <laughs> yeah. much fun. But aren't you happy that none of them stayed full Paladin? Yeah, they multi-classed away. Yes, I literally told uh, one, of the, one of the players, I was like, because he had to create a new character because mm -hmm. his last character died. And he was like, okay, I was like, can I be Paladin? I'm like, yes, but you have to... <laughs> Also do this other, like do it with something else. And he was like, he was okay with it because he also wanted to multi-class into this other thing for other purposes, which was a like a bad class. So it actually kind of balanced out. <laughs> not, not really. He was still a paladin. He was still really good. Okay, Oath of the Watchers. Mm -hmm. All right. So basically, oh, oh, any any final thoughts on, on this this monk thing? Oh, monk thing. Pretty strong. Very strong. Kind of weird. Not kind of weird. Super weird. So much so that I I I actually hate it. It, it actually makes me angry. I wouldn't let anyone play this. Um, literally because it's so off-flavor and, and off-bat and just makes no sense. It's also, it's also pretty strong, but so is Way of the Open Hand. Um, I, I, it, I just, I hate that it, it was, it had a great start. I love, I love a good, mm -hmm. good, nice healing monk. Cool subclass idea. Ruined it. Okay. <laughs> Oath of the Watchers. Oath of the Watchers. You are an Avenger. Oh, hey. <laughs> That's the flavor. <laughs> no, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You vow the oath of the Watchers to seek to protect the mortal realm from the predications of extraplanar creatures. <laughs> that's a, yeah. Anyway, that's literally I, that. That's it. Just be protected. <laughs> the tenets are vigilance, loyalty, and discipline. Yeah. You're just a protector. Okay. Oath spells. Cool. Who cares about oath spells? Mm, yeah. The, get counterspell at ninth level. That's good. Sure. Uh, okay, yeah. that's it. <laughs> no. Yeah, they don't get yeah, any crazy. Yeah, their spells, spells are actually kind of lame. Um, all right, two channel divinities. Yep. That's normal. Uh, you can either use your action. Yep. Uh, let me just go down to the description. I wrote it down here. It's so much easier to. Uh, action, thirty foot range. Uh, you can choose creatures equal to your charisma modifier, and they get advantage on Christmas saving throws. That's one use. The other one is to. Abjure the extra no, 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 they have advantage on intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Oh, intelligence, Otherwise, it would suck. suck. <laughs> I thought it just kind of did. <laughs> intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Yeah. So all the yeah. mental stats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
cool. <laughs> you have advantage on wisdom on Christmas saving throws against being possessed, because that's enough. This next one is cool. I like the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, it's like a lot of like the turn undead, mm-hmm. uh, channel divinities, uh, the subclasses, and uh, clerics get. Uh, but this time, it's either elemental, fey, fiend, or aberration. Yeah. 30 feet, use your action. Wisdom save or they're turned. Yep. Turn That's is fine. already cool. I like turn already, but it was just so specific with like undead and stuff mm-hmm. that clerics like, didn't use yeah. it a lot. I love the name of this, Abjure the Extra Planar. It's just su- it's a- the Avengers. <laughs> yeah. You're fighting alien threats. That's literally the thing. Yeah. Um. Both of these, meh. Yeah, yeah. At least the turn thing has way more creature types that you may actually come across. Mm-hmm. Um, you won't be finding lots of elemental fey or aberration in your typical campaign, but there's I think there's more fiends than any other creature type in the Monster Manual, I'm pretty sure. Um, fiends yeah. kind of pop up often, and even if you're not finding like demons or devils, other things count as fiends that aren't yeah. like, in like the demon-devil section. Um, also, aberration, if you're ever finding a mind flayer or a beholder or whatever. Uh, not a lot of ele- elementals or fey, so really not a lot of those stats. It's, it's on theme, I guess. It's on theme, but it's not very useful. Yeah, the thing where you can give your friends advantage on... Essentially, wisdom saving throws. They're not going to be making intelligence or Christmas saving throws a lot. <laughs> um, that's <laughs> that's good. Learning. That's good. Ugh, worth your channel divinity. I don't know. This is I think there are one a of lot the, better channel divinities out yeah, there. Yeah, there, this is... For third level abilities, for paladin subclasses, pretty, pretty low. Yeah. Alright, moving on. Uh, aura of the Sentinel, you get this at 7th level, and it gets upgraded at 18th level. Uh, you emit an aura of alertness. Basically, creatures with, of your choice within 10 feet of you get a bonus to their initiative rolls equal to your charisma modifier. And at 18th level, it's it's 30 feet within you. Yeah. Okay. It increases to 30 feet. Maybe I'll do the description for now. Um, I just want to first point out that they stole this from me. I made a homebrew paladin mm. subclass for that one guy who played a paladin, mm. and also subclassed into another one, um, called uh, the Warlord. One of the abilities was it, it replaces lay on hands, and instead you have a pool of damage that you, whenever you mm. like hit it with an attack. Yeah, but you stole that from this other homebrew that I saw. Yeah, 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 but obviously. Sh- but this was, I was like, this is really cool, you're a Warlord, and everything else, like, a lot of the other abilities were like helping mm. other people, because um, you're, you're a Warlord. And it was, the aura was you give bonus to initiative equals screen modifier. And I was like, this is awesome. No one's ever thought of this before. And hmm. they used it and they totally copied me. Uh, this is cool. I love it. Uh, auras shouldn't be too broken. They are. They are. <laughs> they are, but they shouldn't be. And this <laughs> is not too broken. I like it a lot. Yeah. Good flavor. Cool, cool. Okay, I'll do this next one. Uh, Vigilant Rebuke. You've learned how to magically chastise. Anyone who dares cast unwanted spells at you and your wards. Uh, I'm, I'm going to describe this, and I may have to describe it twice, because we had to reread it three, four times. Mm-hmm. Whenever you are a creature you can see within 30 feet of you, succeeds on a saving throw against a spell, you can use your reaction to deal 2d8 plus your charisma modifier, force damage, to the spellcaster. Yes. So, explain this in simple <laughs> terms. Someone, an enemy, mm-hmm. casts a spell on you or a friend. You are the friend succeeds on that saving throw. Now you can use a reaction to deal some damage to the evil guy who cast the spell. Well, can you explain what you first thought of? <laughs> that was funny. All right. 
I was very tired when I read this the first time. <laughs> and it's worded it confusingly. Quickly. It is worded confusingly. It's kind of confusing. Yeah. I was just trying to get through it to understand understood what the son of Thurikana was. So, what I understood was whenever a creature you see within 30 feet of you succeeds on a saving throw against a spell, you can use a reaction to deal damage to the creature that succeeded on the saving throw. Yeah. And so I was very confused. I'm like, what is this ability? That would be really <laughs> good. Um, okay, this is weird. What a weird ability. Yeah. Why is it like 2d8 plus a charisma fuck? Like, the numbers are weird. It's so... It's just weird. It's bad. I think it's bad. First of all, you have to be fighting spellcasters. Second of all, it uses your reaction. <sighs> okay. Whatever. I mean, this is kind of themed towards... I want to talk... I'll talk about the flavor in, in later. Okay, what's the 20th level ability? Mortal Bulwark. I think this kind of sucks as it's, far as 20th yeah. level Paladin ability. But it's go. a 20th level ability. It's, so, yeah. it's irrelevant. <laughs> For most campaigns, yeah. yeah. Uh, as with all the subclasses that... All the uh, Paladin subclasses, they all get 120 foot radius of true sight uh, when they activate their... 20th level yeah. ability. It's like, a, like a, they, like they kind of transform into yeah, like a crazy transform. avatar, dude. Bonus action mm -hmm. lasts for a minute. Yep. Uh, 120 foot radius, true sight. Uh, then the second thing is you get advantage on attack rolls against elementals, fae, fiends, and aberrations. Cool. Yep, fits, fits within. within. Yeah. Uh, when you hit a creature with an attack and deal damage to it, you can force it to make a Christmas saving throw. On a failed save, the creature is magically banished to its native plane of existence, if it's not currently there. On a successful save, the creature can't be banished by this feature for 24 hours. I think it's really good in some situations. Okay. Because it doesn't get to repeat the save. We should now just talk about the whole subclass of the thing. Yeah. Bad subclass. Unless you're, you're playing... fighting Faye Fiend. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. So there is a collection of unearthed arcana kind of subclasses and stuff that have slowly trickled in over time that have to do with a Avengers planar traveling team. There's a Horizon Walker for a yeah. Ranger. There's a Rogue one, I believe. Some kind of thing that has to do with traveling through different planes and stuff. This, very much, that fits that thing. Yeah. You're traveling to different planes. It's a bit niche. Yeah, it has to, lots to do, do with other planes and aliens and extra planar things. I did wish they looped Celestials in with that group. Yeah, would have been not Celestials. Yeah, would have been a little, just a little bit better. Um, okay. The Palin subclass... The Paladin class does not need this subclass. Um, this is not a good subclass. If you're playing that campaign, where everyone has to, you know, or all, mm -hmm. like, those kind of subclasses, yeah. cool. Now the Paladin has a subclass that fits into there. Uh, whatever. I, I think they could have made the flavor cooler and more detailed, like, more, like, intricate. Because mm. at first, it's kind of just, like, the Oath of Honor or whatever that one is called. The base, the basic oath, you know, just yeah. like the basic like good protector, vigilance, loyalty, discipline of the tenants. So it's like okay, and then it just kind of goes down into like being able to fight other aliens. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, whatever. If that's the campaign, sure, I'm sure it fits. Yeah, not, I then... yeah, literally don't care for this yeah. subclass at all. Okay, now the best one, the warlock, <laughs> the good one. So the warlock always need always needs love. Warlock always wants good subclasses to make up for. Okay. This is the noble genie. For the class. <laughs> this is this is the, is the new patron called the noble genie. The best. You make a pact with one of the rarest of genie kind, a noble genie. Such entities are rulers of vast fiefs on the elemental planes. 
They have lots of influence. They're varied in their motivations, but they're all arrogant collectors of creatures, knowledge, and treasure. They value their collection, will protect it, blah, blah. Through your connection to the noble, you can leverage your influence and extend their ownership of things in the multiverse. Love it. I, I, okay, one of my favorite things about the warlock is its relationship with the patron. Mm. The fact that's intrinsic to the class and that you have to work on this with your DM and stuff and, like, you have that kind of extra yeah. NPC and stuff. Yeah, it's cool. I love it. Yeah. This is awesome. I love the <laughs> idea of, like, an abstention, just, like, like, flamboyant noble genie yeah. who's, like, kind of not good. Like, they're kind of, like, an a-hole, kind of <laughs> arrogant and stuff. Ah, oh, so cool. I love it. I really like it. There's so many cool things that you Robin can do with Williams, this idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, genie from Aladdin. That's just, it's so cool. Okay, noble genie expend, expanded spells. Nobody cares. Uh, yeah. They're, eh, whatever. What, what do you choose, even? If your patron's a genie and you're Wizard of the Coast, you're like, what the heck do you, what kind of spells do you get? Yeah, yeah whatever. All right, break down the first ability. Collector's Vessel. It's a little bit, a bit, a little bit long. So, basically... You get this... This is at first level, by the way. Uh, this vessel. It's a tiny object, and it's a spellcasting focus for you. That's you cool. You can decide what the object is, or you can roll randomly on this table here. Uh, if you use the vessel, you can perform an hour ceremony, get it back. Okay. Regardless. As an action, you can while you're holding the vessel, you target a building creature you can see within 100 feet of you and create a tether of wispy elemental materials, material that links the target to you. Tether lasts an hour until you... Uh, Create another tether until the target is reduced to zero hit points or they end their turn more than 100 feet away from you. While you're tethered to the creature, you gain the following benefits. You gain a bonus to your perception checks equal to your charisma modifier. Whatever. Uh, you can cast a spell uh, as if it was from that creature's space. Pretty cool. I think it's a weird ability. And you can create a tether a number mm -hmm. of times equal to your charisma modifier. Yeah. Regain on a long rest. Okay. You know how I was like, oh, this is the best subclass because of the flavor. Um, this is the worst ability. <laughs> I this. Oh, hate this. This was disappointing. Yeah. I've read the flavor. This is cool. What is this, dude? The, like, the collector's vessel? Cool. You get, like, an urn or a lamp or whatever. That's very, you know, genie. Yeah. What do you, that, like, you kind of hold the genie, whatever. It's so weird. I don't get it. Why are you creating a tether to your friend? I th like if you can, yeah. like if you tether to an enemy or like an object mm -hmm. and like you're like trying to send it to him. I, I think there is something later on with that. But yes, what I don't know. There, there was just so much potential here of creating a cool thing with this. Being able to use the vessel to uh, rub it and do something cool. I don't, just, I don't know. Casting a spell from another per from the person's space. That's all. That's just I, I like that. It's not too strong. Yeah, I just don't think it fits with. And, it's, and, it's, is. and it is bad. It, it, it yeah. is not a good ability. And, like I said, Warlocks need all the help they can get. <laughs> like Hexblade. Hexblade, you take that as your as your subclass at first level, you are good at first level. You yeah. become good. Okay, <laughs> alright, let's keep going. Alright, sixth level, elemental resistance. When you finish a long rest, you can gain resistance to acid, cold, fire, or lightning damage of your choice. Uh, until the end of your next long rest. Cool. Uh, when you're tethered to a creature, uh, the tethered creature also gains resistance to the damage type you choose. Sure. Ew. Nope. Bad. 
Um, if it gave you, <laughs> if it gave you and your friend resistance to all those kind of damage types, yeah, maybe I'd be like, yeah, even so. Oh my gosh! All right, not good. Next yeah. one, protective wish. Now this one, I'll explain what I thought of when I first yeah. saw this. Tenth level. You are now able to use your collector's vessel to wish for protection for yourself or your tethered creature. If you or the tethered creature is hit by an attack, you can use your reaction to teleport, swapping places with the creature and switching which one of you is hit by the attack. The first thing I thought of when I saw this, I can hit myself in the leg with and, my fist and teleport, and teleport 100 feet. That yeah. said, that's cool. still really weird. <laughs> um, good for a squishy warlock. You tether to your barbarian mm-hmm. who's raging. Quickly switch, like you just won't be hit. Mm. Uh, uh, it's not good though. Um, if it was like switch and they get disadvantage on the attack or something, mm-hmm. because ultimately this isn't super changing a lot of the an outcome. There still is a regular attack being made. It's hurting someone. You or your friend. It's just you get to choose, and has to do with like positioning, but. Attack and attack has to trigger the positioning switch. Mm-hmm. You can't just switch positioning when you want. Uh, I think what would make it better uh, is if you didn't have to already be hit. Like if you like when you are attacked, so like an attack is declared against you. You say, "Okay, I switch places." So then the attack is made against the person who is now in that space, which might have a different AC. Yeah, that's true. Or being able to use it as your action when you get hit. Or just a bonus action. Yeah. Or, like, whatever. To just swap positions. Like, that's cool. <laughs> okay. Let's keep going. All right. Let's get this over with. <laughs> All right. Next is Genie's Entertainment. This is an inability. Is you get this at the same level? Same level. You also get this one. As an action, you attempt to send a creature you can see within 90 feet to your patron's court. They must succeed on a Christmas save. Or be drawn into your vessel, vessel, and teleported <laughs> to the patron's court in the elemental planes. While they're there, they're stunned, and your patron marvels at the target with amusement, but brings no harm to it. That's so weird. <laughs> the target can repeat the same throughout the end of each of its turns, then re- reappear in the space it was. Once you use this feature, you can't use it again until you finish a long rest. If the target remains in your patron's court for one minute, the genie sends it back. Uh, okay, it's like banishment, basically. But it's funnier. Long range. <laughs> it's fun. It's for sure funnier. And sucking them into the lamp. Awesome. Mm. Cool flavor. And like that, like they're just like stunned and like the genie's like toying with them and like, ooh, look. That's it's funny. so funny. That's hilarious. Uh, not good. Not good. I mean. Tenth level. It's just banishment. It's. The fact that you only only use it once. Once. Ah, rough, dude. It should be like equal to your Christmas War- Because Warlocks already have very limited spell slots. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's the last one? Collector's Call. Is so that... basically you call your sugar daddy, Genie, and like, hey, heal me or help me. <laughs> yeah. So as an action, you implore your patient for aid by making a persuasion check against your Warlock's spell save DC. Mm-hmm. If you succeed, you can choose one of the following effects. Uh, a creature you can see within 60 feet of you regains 86 hit points and ends one... Disease or condition affecting it, blinding, charmed, deafened, frightened, paralyzed, or poisoned. You may recognize that list. That's not the list the monk has for their ability to heal their friends. Mm-hmm. This is the good list. Okay, next. Yeah. Uh, or a creature you can see within 60 feet of you has disadvantage on attack rolls and saving throws until the start of your next turn. Yeah. 
Okay. That is a thing. Why would... Okay. What? Why would what? I just don't know why would why you'd choose that one. Why, why would you not choose that one? Disadvantage for, like, one round? Yeah. Or get to heal 86 yeah, hit yeah, points yeah, yeah, and cure yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought you meant it. Okay. Or you can cast a Legend <laughs> Lore spell. Okay. Even is that spell? <laughs> <laughs> it, like, it, you, like, choose an object, and, like, it gives you the history of the object. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, whether it's a creature fill, you can't use it again until long rest. Or you can use it again by spending 500 golds worth and giving that to your patron. Bad. Yeah. Dude. Bad. The 86 thing and, like, ending condition, that's cool. Yeah. But you only get one use, and it's not immediate. There's a chance you can fail. Mm-hmm. That is so rubbish. So, so, so rubbish. It's <sighs> offensive. Um, I'm sorry we got your hopes up by saying the best one. The best. We're like, oh, the best subclass. That's because the flavor is good. Yeah. Flavor is really cool. I like cool things to play around. Abilities, not so much. Bad. It's like street bad. Oh my gosh, it's 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 very sad. Yeah. It it just hurts more because there's so much potential. Uh, not okay. If I were wizards, I would change like literally every single one of these abilities. Yeah, these are just all <laughs> rubbish, 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 rubbish. Like, I don't need your subclass to be broken or even yeah. super strong. I I need it to be dripping with flavor and balanced power level-wise. That's where that's the sweet spot of a subclass. Mm. A playtest on Arthur Kenna subclass is a new cool flavor thing. Mm. You know, not like a basic flavor thing. Um, a new cool thing you haven't seen before in fantasy or whatever. Plus, it's balanced power level-wise. Mm. This cool flavor-wise... But doesn't hit the power level. In fact, I would say the only thing that does in this whole Unearthed Arcana is the Path of the Beast. Power level-wise, I agree with you. Power level-wise, great. Okay, that's true. Flavor-wise, not super unique. Yeah. Not it is a lot like the totem. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Lycanthrope thing, I think, is... I think that's pretty unique. I think that's cool. Yeah. But it's just, like, one of the options, you know? Mm. Yeah, maybe if they made it more like that. Yeah. Because it makes sense that you would be, like, having a snout and claws and stuff if you were... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, power level-wise, though, it's great. Also, all the abilities are not, like, reflavored of other abilities. Some subclasses just have that. Yeah. It's, like, an ability from another subclass or whatever, but it's just, like, rehashed a bit. Yeah. Yeah. These are all, like, new stuff. Giving your friends reckless attack and all that kind of thing. Cool. New stuff. Like, I like that. Path of the Beast is probably my favorite from all of these. Of of the four, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Paladin one... I don't care. Never gonna see that in action ever. Um, Monk, too powerful. So off flavor. Yeah. Oh god. And genie, cool flavor. If so, okay. If I'm gonna play warlock, or someone wants to play warlock, and like it's be, gonna be a genie, we're homebrewing a thing. Yeah. Because, oh, okay. All right. All in all, I think that there's different. Def. You know, this is not the worst Unearthed Icana I've ever seen. No, it is not. There's some cool things that you can pull from. Yes, for sure. I would just change a lot, personally. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> the, 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 like, genie things, like, that's new. Like, I never, I've never thought of that before. That's so cool. Mm. So there's a lot of cool ideas here. One subclass you can actually put into use, which is the Path of the Beast. Um, 
I would rather the Paladin one literally not even exist. I just, <laughs> I just, I would rather a different subclass here. It's, nah, okay. Uh, yeah, it's too niche. Monk one. Once again, it was so close. But it was so off flavor. All the abilities off flavor. Why was why you wear a mask? It's weird. Yeah. Um. Go find whatever that monk subclass <laughs> talked about where the mask teaches. It's wave shrink. Oh, no, wait, no. That one is... I'll, I will find it and talk about it yeah. later. Just go find that or go find another monk subclass that has to do with healing, healing. and stuff. Yep. There, there has to be. There's I'm, probably a good There definitely are. There. I've seen several. All I'm saying is that, like, if you like the idea of a healing monk, there are better options out there. Or ones that have the flavor. flavor. Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. All in all, yeah, this is not the worst. Nope. Some of them are just, like, some are out there kind of just release, like, a fighter, ranger, and rogue subclass that, like, add nothing to the class mm. and nothing to flavor that are just average, rehashed things. Those ones are, are irritating to me. Um... This at least ventured into creating new abilities. Yeah, yeah. It's, mechanics. It's, it's, it's still so safe, though. They played it super safe, except for the genie where they went really weird, and it failed. Yeah. It's finding that healthy middle. That's, that's you know, rough. <laughs> they can't nail it every time. Um, some Arthur Cannons, though, I, I do really like. Some of the other Arthur Cannons, I, I do really like. Hopefully, and this is, like, part one, so I guess we're going to get part two. The titles of these are really weird because, like, they do, they do subclasses all the time. All the time. Why is this called subclasses part one? It's a little weird. <laughs> um, hey, but four, more than we, we usually get. Mm. Um, which is nice, even though no one ever uses the Paladin one. So it's basically three. Um, you know, okay. All in all, not not too bad. Yep. I just want them to keep on trying to make new abilities, new mechanics, new flavor. Yeah, but... Keep it keep, balanced. Keep, keep, it, keep it balanced. Yeah, that, I mean, it, it's hard. It's not like... Yeah, it, it's, it's not big easy. To, but also, they've been working on 5th edition for years. Mm. Um, they've gotten tons of feedback throughout the years and stuff. I'm, I'm glad they do one of their cannon. I'm very glad they do one of their cannon and stuff. But they need to uh, switch things up a bit. Yeah. All right. Do you have any other final thoughts about this this thing? Hopefully, the, 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 the next review we do is much more lighthearted. Mm. And stuff. <laughs> um, it started off so strong. Path of the Beast was so cool. Yeah. <sighs> Any other final thoughts? Um, right now it feels really depressing, but uh, <laughs> no. If you do like, I hope these... this isn't like a theme with all our podcasts. Like each one just gets a little bit more depressing. The, like, guys, the last one I recorded was the Ranger one, yeah. and that was a little depressing because the Ranger's not a good class. Spoiler alert. Um, go listen to that one though. It's it's entertaining. <laughs> This, this was a lot of fun, too, though. Um, I do want to keep doing these. And I think even just going beyond Arnith Arcana, looking at all the other stuff, mm -hmm. maybe not, like, <laughs> just, like, homebrew on random people on the internet, but there are people who, like, kickstart yeah. a lot, like, some things who are, like, pretty legit. Uh, looking at those as well, I, I think, are a lot of fun. Um, there are a lot of well-made homebrew classes and subclasses that we can talk about yeah, here. Yeah, for sure. And even branching off into other games. Mm-hmm. Pathfinder subclasses, um, games that we're familiar with and, and play. Uh, ones for the Fantasy Flight game, Star Wars mm -hmm. role-playing game, which is also another one we're playing. Also, maybe branching off into that, um, looking at all that kind of stuff. We don't have a lot of Pathfinder stuff because Second Edition just came out, so no one's really working on that. Also, making a Pathfinder <laughs> class is, is very difficult. It takes a lot of work. Yeah. But these... Oh, we should do one of, of the... The Mystic. <laughs> If you're expecting a D&D &D Mystic review, 
here, here's our review. No, don't. If you're a player, don't do this. If you're a DM, in no, no, there's no scenario where you let a player play a mystic. Okay, that's Here's our, our other review. Do it if you hate yourself and the DM equally. <laughs> and the other players, because it kind of just messes them over Mystic screws over everything. Don't think about the Mystic. Uh, mystic is a beast of its own, Yeah, and I don't mean that. <laughs> not Path of the Beast. This is a real... Not Path of the Beast. Um, looking at the Pathfinder, the Investigator, the Oracle mm, stuff. Yeah. That would be cool. Uh, we should do that as well. The APG. Yeah, I don't know if we have a lot of authority of Pathfinder things, though. Okay. All right, that's it. That's subclasses part one. Some good, some bad, mostly meh. <laughs>